Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast, where, as always, we look at action from around the world of motorsport. He's going to do the agenda today, but one thing I need to mention to you and to our audience is we are going to announce the winner of a superb prize, the British Superbikes at Thruxton Prize, where you actually get to go in a car with him. And for those of you that are watching and not listening, you'll notice I'm trying to do a Tiffany Dell with my... Um, oh, for fucking, goodness right. sake. What the are those? Two, the only two trophies I've ever won are in they my whole life. Earphone extensions are they? What is to make sure we notice them? You're putting them right. Don't be jealous. After the look, I'm still having sleepless nights about Goodwood. I genuinely am as well about crashing that bloody car. But anyway, what's on the agenda today, Tiff Medell? Well, talking about superbikes, we're having a bike week, Chris. We're going to start with motorbikes this week. MotoGP from Silverstone, amazing racing, but just a bit of a debate about the fans that don't go there. Um, then we look at IndyCar, very spectacular around the Nashville street course, amazing sights. A pretty drawn out WRC. We worry about World Rally Championship, talk about that. Finland, great result for Elfin Evans, but not the most exciting. Pop over to America to just check out the IMSA sports cars and get halfway through NASCAR because it rained last night. And they're about to restart the second half of the race about now. So we don't know who won that. So, yeah, not many venues, but plenty of action. And um, as I said, course, we should start with MotoGP. Well, let's start with um, a little bit of news, shall we? A little bit of news. And of yes, course, you have some, to, do you have some news? I've got a little bit of news. Not much going on. But, uh, of course, the, um, uh, the highlight of this podcast has to be live on air. Well, it's not live on air. Live on this recording, we're going to announce the, the winner. We're going to pick it. Hopefully, technology will work. We've got a, oh, random, no. num- we've got a random number generator. So... <laughs> Wish me luck on that one. But in the news, so according to Formula Motion, uh, Formula One, and it probably comes as no surprise to anyone, Formula One has lost almost 650,000 American audiences. How do you even quantify that? But uh, I thought America- it was the American audience that was growing like mad. Thanks, uh, thanks to Drive and Survive rubbish. It's, it's the other way around. They probably got them. That's why it grew so much. Now they've they got them. They've seen the reality. Because of Max's dominance. And it's no surprise, the fictional- really. The fictional drive and survive that got them interested has now been exposed as not the reality of the whole of Formula One. I mean, so really they've lost, they've lost what, over half a million viewers. Yeah, they reckon up American to TV. almost 650,000. That's a huge number, mm. but yeah. do they care? I guess not. They're still no. selling tickets to Vegas. And Although did, the, and... Yeah, but there was another story that Vegas is, is uh, looking to cost us more than we expected, but it's still Crazy. going ahead and... Um, well, what, and for those of you that didn't know that story, so what they're doing now to the hotels, what um, uh, Liberty Media are saying to the hotels is you cannot, with your hotel, watch the Grand Prix unless you pay right. us $1,500 per person. Per person. And it's not per person, is... it's per... So if it's a restaurant, if your restaurant is licensed for 60 people, then you have to pay 61 and a half. Whether you've got 60, um, there or nobody in there, or else, or else they'll put billboards in front of your restaurant um, to stop you watching. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow, that's a money-making show. I kind of get that in a way, but there shouldn't... I mean, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some sort of contribution. But then the hotels would have done all their business model based on X amount, and now they've got to put this huge amount... And 1,500 quid. Per, per dollars per person per, per um, fire regulation. Uh, the only other bit of news I got. Now I don't know whether this is true or not, but I like I do like a bit of gossip, especially when it's about Perez. 
But apparently in the contract Red Bull did with Perez, when it got to uh, summer break, if he was 125 points or more behind Max Verstappen, they've got to get out. Red Bull have got to get out clause in this contract. So I think I think Red Bull Red Bull have made it perfectly clear they're not going to. How far him, behind I'm, is he? Exactly 125 points. So they could drop him. They could drop Sergio Perez. They won't. They won't I think it's because of big right money now. from Mexico. Um, there must be some reason, but uh, but anyway. So that's that's. So it. Was- Pretty useless gossip at the end. Yeah, meanwhile, all the other guys are enjoying. Oh, uh, Oscar Pista- uh, uh, Piastri. Pistachio. <laughs> Oscar Pistachio. <laughs> uh, he was at um, uh, Superbikes as well. So we'll, we'll no doubt talk okay. about that. A very wet Superbikes, which you'll uh, nicely. Well, Lando was there. Lando was there as well. Lando was there at the MotoGP. MotoGP, Silverstone. Uh, very so, yes, wet let's MotoGP, go to Silverstone then. Well, wet one day. And it, First, we have to say, get well, Susie, because MotoGP was far worse this weekend. I mean, they're still a good team. But Susie was a bit ill lot. She couldn't make it. So uh, get well soon, Susie. You were much missed on MotoGP. Um, so what is the MotoGP? And this is the thing, because when we tweet or do these podcasts, there's so many people on Twitter, ah, oh, best race is MotoGP. MotoGP. I mean, Formula One is rubbish. MotoGP. But no, it depends bikes, on bikes, the bikes. track, Tiff. It depends but on the track. despite that being a British podcast, most of our, our influence, our, most of our people we, we interact with are British, there was bloody nobody there. <laughs> so everybody raves. The crowd was pathetic. When you compare it to Formula One, which all the MotoGP fans say, oh, gosh, that's so boring. Well, you, but then your motor, you, nobody goes. It is a weird, weird thing. I agree, Moto G. Now, there's some fantastic, the Grand Prix was one of the best British Grand Prix uh, since can be remembered. Yeah. And yet there's nobody there. Now, yeah. why that is, I've no idea, because maybe Moto GP are very, are very, um, vocular, not so <laughs> are very, are very loud in talking about their sport, but there aren't many of them. So maybe it's a minority makes a lot of noise about how MotoGP is so good because they weren't there watching. So, um, yes, a surprise. So yeah, debate that, that I wonder one. what the tickets cost because um, I don't know. Uh, British Superbikes, as we might have mentioned, this weekend at Thruxton, yeah, uh, yeah they're expecting a, a, a decent crowd there. I guess you notice it yeah. on the smaller surface. Well, I, I do have this theory with bikes that they often say that it's because they're so small that you, if you get close to them, you feel the vibe. I mean, you're at Thruxton, you see these bikes about 20 feet from you go roaring by, you know, bucking and weaving. But Silverstone, with all its Formula One safety, you know, you've got to get your binoculars on to, to see the bikes. And it's such a wide, it's a long lap, so you don't you don't see them very often because it's a, it's a two-minute lap or so. So it could just be Silverstone's not a good place to bike racing. Maybe it should go back to Donington because Donington used to pack the place out. Um, and maybe just sort of 40,000, which is pretty good crowd for bikes spread around Silverstone, it's, it looks pathetic. So I can understand on the Saturday thing. because it is somewhere that you get on your bike and you put your leathers on you. When it you rained, ride, it rained on Saturday, yeah. So I, can, I, still... I, I go to that and just watch. Um, we could get some feedback on your mic touching your collar, so just a bit oh, of clicking there. Oh, cool, I'm a, I'm a decent headset. <laughs> you what you've got your monkeys between your trophies, I've just got a flipping pods. <laughs> We will um, invest if if we can get some decent numbers. We'll invest oh, some money, but right. we can't invest the money until we get some some decent numbers. Mm. But thanks to all of you who do listen and watch. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so getting back to the race. Action. Yes, yes. The race. I mean, the race was brilliant. I mean, Saturday was wet. Um, the sprint race was run by Alex Marquez. So Alex Marquez is the younger and far less flamboyant and far less famous younger brother of Mark Marquez. 
Um, who's an Alex Marquez, one of these sort of slow burners. He was Moto3 champion in 2014, was it seven years ago? And he, then five years later, he won Moto2. And now it's taken him four years in MotoGP to win a MotoGP race. So they're all excitement, and it was great because um, he rode really well uh, on, a, on a satellite Ducati, the Grassini Ducati. But it's funny, isn't it, how it's taken him. So he hasn't won a MotoGP GP yet. But Eddie was a great one. Everyone very happy. Um, I don't think his brother was too happy because that Honda is still useless. And he, he finished 18th. The great Mark Marquez. There's still stories, you know, people telling him he should quit and what's going to happen to uh, Mark Marquez. Um, so that was all good. So it was his fourth year, but he held on a big attack from Marco Bisecchi, also the satellite Ducati, the uh, Rossi VR Ducati. So a good sprint race to get in the wet. That was the so okay. People didn't turn up in the wet, but then like in Formula One, the campsites are full, aren't they? And I'm sure the bikers camp out and go. I think the Thruxton's full of campers. So I, I don't know why people don't. There aren't that many people actually go to watch MotoGP. Let us know in the um, comments below, please. Yes. The Grand Prix itself was an absolute blinder. It really was one of the best Grand Prix. Normally, it's the Moto 2s and 3s that provide all the sparks. Moto GP is a bit of you know, a drawn-out game of high-speed chess. Um, but uh, again, it was always a bit threatening rain on Sunday. We all started on slicks. Uh, Marco Bersecchi was on pole. Um, Marquez, Alex Marquez, was third on the grid. So he was also up in with action with Jack Miller and a KTM in the front row. So it was it was a really good grid sp split out between the Ducatis and KTMs. And what was, um, I forget what button, no, they're both Ducatis. Um, but it was a fabulous race. Champions leader Francesco Bagnaia, fourth on the grid, got to the lead on about lap two. And he and Bersecchi pulled away. They're the two really go for the championship. So it's like a title fight between the two of them. It was Lewis Hamilton against Max Verstappen. But um, Bersecchi made a bit of a mistake in that, I always call it the Beckett's bypass, the really fast going on the hanger straight, lost about 100 yards or 50 yards. And under breaking Verstappen, and they break at like 200 metres. Instead of, you know, the, the Grand Prix cars break at about 45 metres to turn into Stowe. So but the bikes break at 200. But Bagnaia breaked at 200. I think Bersecchi breaked at about 150, about 50 yards too late. And he tried to turn in. They're still you know, bleeding the front brake off. It's always a problem when you're turning in late. And the front folded, still doing about 120 miles an hour. And off he went to the gravel, ruined his championship challenge. So we thought that the race was all over then because they were quite a bit out front. And so Bagnaia would just, would just lead away. Then this pack of four caught at Bagnaia. And we just had this great... They were, Changing places, second, third, fourth, third, fourth, second, second, third, fourth. Um, but in the end, it was Alex Espargaro, who came out from eighth on his Aprilia, to, to take the real challenge to Bangayo. That went on, he chatted a lap of a lap after lap. Then he got by him going into the Beckett's bypass for the last lap. It's like a last lap win for Aprilia. So that was really good, really good. And Brad Binder, Brad Binder came through in third in the KTM. So that was an Aprilia, a Ducati, and a KTM, the first three. Brilliant. So it's good spread out, really good. Do you know the difference in time between the fastest lap uh, MotoGP and the fastest lap for a Formula One car around Silverstone? Three hours. About 30 seconds. <laughs> That's well, huge, isn't it? I had the three, right? I had the three, right? That's huge. It's the cornering. The, the, yeah, well, the breaking. The breaking. The breaking, said, yeah. breaking. You know, it's just, it's just mental. Yeah. So really good Grand Prix. Um, Moto2 um, was a bit more of a spread out race, actually. but And also, oh, we didn't have a good weekend for our Brits. No no Brits in MotoGP. Um, three Brits in uh, Moto2. Jake Dixon, of course, the challenge for the championship. But he crashed in qualifying. Um, ended up 15th on the grid. 
And on lap run, he tried to go around the outside of uh, Darren Binder, Binder, Brad, Brad Binder's brother. A lot of bees in there, aren't there? Brad Binder's brother, Darren. <laughs> and um, I mean, Darren Binder, I think the, the experts afterwards pretty much agreed with what I saw. That he sort of said, well, he just took his normal line and, and you know, Jake, desperate to make up for his awful qualifying, gets to the front in front of his home crowd because that's a, you know, he's such a that sort of guy. And they just touched, and poor old Dixon went rolling in the gravel. Huge shove. He was a bit bruised. But but afterwards in the garage, he wanted Binder banned. That bloke's ruined everybody's races. He's done it all the time. Ban him. Doesn't want to see long lap. And he did get a long lap penalty in the race for the, for the touching. But uh, I think really... Maybe Jake will calm down a bit and think, well, maybe it wasn't that deliberate. Um, so Jake was out on, on lap one. Sam Lowe's qualified ninth, finished seventh. And the other Brit, Rory Skinner, who's a bit of a rookie in, in Moto2, um, qualified 21st and was taken out of the third corner. So he didn't have a very good time. Uh, up front, it was, it was, I think, maybe his first win. Um, another, an 18-year-old sensation, Spanish. They're all Spanish. Tom Pody was Spanish, I think. Fermin Aldegaya. Why do they get so many amazing Spanish? Um, well, they, go, they go round and round their racetracks all year long, twelve months, and they just got a huge junior championships. They got tracks they use all you know all winter with, 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 with it, the weather. Spain got. aren't the only country to have tracks they use all I winter. I know, but all the teams. It's a bit like Britain, where you know Grand Prix teams seventy percent are based in Britain or something yeah. like that. Um, it's just yeah, certain sports that grew a certain element. Um, but it's funny, he missed out Moto3, he's only 18, and he didn't go through the traditional Moto3 route, he did sort of a, he did, I don't know what championship was, it was like a, a second division uh, national Moto2 championship where he won so about 12 Where do you start races. with motorbikes, Tiff, do you know, um, like typically for racing, driving you start oh, Well, loads cars. of juniors, I mean there's a rookie, there's a rookie junior, there's Red Bull rookies when they're all on identical sort of half road bikes. So anyway, he's, he's been a. He's, it's his second full season of Moto Two, but he's always been, you know, and he's going to win one day, and he's, he won very, very convincingly yeah. at uh, at Silverstone. So good win for him. Then Moto Three, <laughs> British interest again. Scott Ogden qualified second on the grid. Actually, the pole time that was discounted. And you know about racing a bit, done a bit of racing, haven't you? So Silverstone Grand Prix, the last corner before the start finish line in the Grand Prix pits. Someone had fallen off in the in the catty litter. So that was under yellow flag. But Scott came round past the incident, got to the start finish line, pinned it, and did a lap that would have put him on pole. But apparently the yellow flag region for that corner, the last corner, goes forwards across the start finishing line. So when he started the lap, he was still in the yellow flag zone. I mean it didn't matter because he qualified second, which was brilliant. Yeah. Until he sort of dumped the clutch on the green flag lap, the front wheel came up in the air, and then it went boom, stalled on the front row for the British Grand Prix. Oh, how do you feel? I mean, so oh. they wheeled him into the paddock because they have to start these things with one of these bloody engine yeah. things. They're very hard to bump, and they're quite high, I guess, high compression little tiny engines. But he caught up and joined from the back of the grid. And uh, he actually got it. He finished, I don't know, he's actually finished a bit. He got up to 12th or 13th. He caught the front pack of 14. Um, but he, he's never, never that good at overtaking. I think he still lacks aggression when it comes to all these little Spanish children and Italian children. And, <laughs> and uh, I think he needs to get his elbows out a bit more because he had that um, third place in the South American Grand Prix. Got dumped down to fifth because he barged someone in the wet. But so he was in the wet, he's brilliant. The talent is there. 
And yet, on the dry races, if he qualifies think, reasonably, all I think it will just click all of a sudden. I think. Well, I think hopefully, it will. Because but, uh, anyway, people like that are typically quite respectful, and they're quite worried about yeah. what's going to happen and the implications. And then one day, you just think, you know what? Let's just let's just turn in on them. Let's just. But well, he should have learned a lesson because you think, okay, he started at the back of the grid. Is that, I don't know how many bikes it is about thirty. I think it's a lot of bikes. Nearly 30 bikes. So you think he's got no chance to win, so he did well to finish 13th, 14th. However, qualifying on the back of the grid, I don't know why, maybe he fell down or crashed, was a 17-year-old Colombian who came through to win the Moto3 race. So uh, having to start at the back doesn't necessarily mean in Moto3 that you've got no chance of winning. Um, Again, it's a Colombian that's been highly rated for a while, um, David Alonso. He won, he won the Red Bull Rookie Cup. So he's a win rookies. He's coming to Moto3. And, um, yeah, amazing. 17-year-old Colombian. First ever Colombian to win a Moto Fantastic. GP2 or 3 race. And they can race all year so round great as well. Racing, great racing. Not enough people watching it. No joy for the Brits is the sort of Not summary. Not enough people watching it live there, I mean, um, yeah. in person. So I don't know what the TV viewing figures are because it's... It's only on BT Sport. Actually, BT Sport's been renamed, isn't it? I don't know what it's called now. See, I thought I couldn't find the channel. I can't bring myself to pay for it. I love sport. You know, oh, I, I, know I watch several sport, but I can't bring myself to pay yet another 10, 15 quid a month for BT Sport, which is bad, really. I yeah. catch up on the, the uh, YouTube highlights. Okay, I suppose well, that's another, another good reason there's not a big crowd. There. I mean, as you say, we have a vociferous, that was the word I was looking at, we have a vociferous Twitter MotoGP and podcast, but... Uh, not a, actually a huge number of people in Britain follow MotoGP. There you go. There go. Um, what? Where are we going next? We're going World Rally? America. America. Oh, America. We're going in the order of excitement, really. Okay. Oh, the Nashville IndyCar was probably the Hang second on, most Hang on, are we exciting. starting with the least exciting, going to the most exciting? No, no, most... MotoGP racing was best Grand Prix Frenchies. That was the most so, exciting. So people are just switching off right now because we're going least exciting. We're going... Ooh, but we have double. our competition winner. Uh-huh. Of course. Mind you, I suppose if the listener or viewer hasn't entered that, they won't be interested <laughs> now either. Um, I'm, wor- I'm worried worry because I noticed a couple of names on this competition that um, that I know aren't in the UK. Are they going to? Because because it's made it quite clear that travel is not included. Include. Look after you. We'll we'll wine and dine you in terms of uh, maybe a hot dog and a coffee. Um, but it'd be a proper VIP experience. But um, anyway, we'll, okay. We'll, IndyCar Nashville. An amazing track. Nashville's amazing, yeah. And it's been a time as it's very tight and twisty, too tight and twisty, loads of yellow flags normally. This year there weren't so many fun now for half the race. Uh, Very hard to overtake. But next year they've got a spectacular new track that covers what they call Broadway. It goes around better and more open. So there should be more overtaking next year. But it's just the going over the bridge shot. And they're coming off the bridge, 170 miles to 180, sort of through bumps and then begins the braking area. So it's quite a tricky... It's not just a straight across the bridge. Um, but as usual with IndyCar, especially when it's so tight and twisted, it's all about strategy And because you, you've got the, the softer, the faster tyres and then the longer-lasting blacks, reds or blacks, which Formula 1 should do. Two choices of tyres, dump the third choice, which always causes too much um, confusion. Just have two sets of tyres that they have to use. Um, but it all depends on when you stop for fuel and because they have to refuel because they can't go too long without refueling. So it does depend on how you catch the full course yellow that's ruins your strategy. And really, it was um, Scott McLaughlin, the Kiwi. Uh, he got pole by about half a second. It really was his day. And of course, he, got, he, he just lost last year. He should have won, but he got pipped for second place. 
Uh, and he led the race, but then there was a, a yellow full course yellow after about 14 laps. So the lead bunch has always stayed out because they're leading. But from that eighth place backwards, they went in and had their early pit stop. So after it all filtered out for the whole race, it was uh, Kyle Kirkwood who qualified uh, eighth, who was the winner at the Long Beach Street Race. He was at the front of the pack. McLaughlin was trying to bar- um, fight his way back, but uh, ended up being second. So perhaps the right man didn't win the quickest round of the day, but that's what IndyCar um, American racing does. It mixes, and we're doing more and more in Formula One, aren't we now, when, when we've got now safety cars coming out, and we re- yep. they rely on safety cars to make Grand Prix exciting, which is what America have done deliberately for about 50 years, and, and Formula One's just waking up to the fact well, that... Well, I'm, I'm sure oh, it yeah. I'm if sure we don't have happen. safety cars, we'll have a boring race like Belgium. Maybe we have to follow the American system. But didn't we have um, a safety? We had a safety car. We still had a boring race in Belgium. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, so Kyle Kirkwood won. Uh, Alex Palou, who looks like he's heading for the title, he had another. If he doesn't win, he's on the podium again. He got finished third. Um, Calamilos had a better race. Calamilos. Hasn't got his own, aren't getting the setting, getting the car right. Uh, but he badly finished twelfth from from qualifying eighteenth. So well done, Callum. But poor old Jack Harvey was having a miserable year. Qualified twenty second and finished twenty fourth. So um, very spectacular and uh, wonderful to watch. I mean, again, it's just it's exciting just watching Absolutely. the cars through the opposite lot, hands through the windscreens. I know, I know. You just don't see that with Formula One. Um, one of the things you mentioned the tyres, so the two different uh, compounds with uh, Indy and the three, of course, with um, Formula One, well, and also the the tyre width because it's about fifteen inches for Indy car and eighteen inches at the rear for for Formula One. So you just get that extra grip well, as well. Everything, yeah. everything is taking away that. I mean, they, they still get their moments in Formula One, of course, but it's not the same, is it? Yeah, every corner, every time. Cut the tyres in half in Formula One. Um, <laughs> of course, they had, they had in the NXT race as well. And our Brits, again, not, not too much success. Louis Foster, who's been who's really fighting the championship up front, um, he qualified um, sixth, I think it was. But I think they had they had qualifying was like in owner's points because it all rained so much. It's an awful rain out there in Nashville on the Saturday. Um, but he really, he's a really good overtaker, Louis. And he barged his way through, great overtakes, got up to third. Um, and then on a restart, he, someone did a bit of weaving in front of him, but he ended up having to take the escape road. And he anyway, finished sixth in the end, probably very frustrated. But Jamie Chadwick had a better race, well, a really impressive race. Um, again, you know, Shelley qualified 17th out of 19th. And uh, the American commentators, funny, were saying, you know, Oh, the, the Europeans can't understand. You know, the European journalists can't understand why you know she's so far back, and this is proving the depth of quality in, in the NXT. That you know we've got a really strong field in, in the um, NXT. And where they've ever got the impression that the UK journalists think Jamie would have stormed to victory, I've no idea. However, I got. She did have a really solid race. So she missed all the trouble. She was in a pack most of the race, one-hour race, very physical, no power steering, uh, really hot, really humid. And, yeah, she stayed clean, stayed out of trouble and finished eighth. I mean, you know, so she did a very, very... Her best result by a mile. I spoke to Ollie, uh, her brother, and... uh, over the weekend, and he said, "Yeah, it, it is challenging, and she's but she's relishing the challenge, and she's really yeah. enjoying it." She said, "There was so much more pressure when she's in the UK, bizarrely, or racing yeah. racing other series, which I'm really surprised at because now the spotlight's on her, and she's against the men, yeah. 
and yeah. uh, that she's really, really enjoying it, which is good because she's a lovely. Girl. Well, I'm sure the, you know, the American press will be loving her. You know, she does yeah, great. She always does great interviews, and, and you know, I think we got a bit tired of Jamie Chan, but yeah, okay, she's won three. So perhaps the the UK were getting a bit bored with Jamie Chadwick's story, which was just on a plateau. It wasn't really going anywhere. She was just winning W Series. So you know, I'm, I'd really admire her, and that was a really she was right in the pack, holding her own. I mean, not in the front of the field, but you know, she's getting there. Yep. I don't think she'll ever win an Indy NXT race, but Christian Rasmussen was never the winner. Say, the never say never. Never, never say, say never. never. Yeah. Uh, the 23-year-old who's in his second year, he's a prolific championship winner, Christian Rasmussen, really talented Dane. Um, he's now increased his championship lead. I think um, probably Louis Foster's running out of races to get to, to the top of the podium. Then we come back to another debate in sport in our sports. <laughs> Again, another one. Where's loads of people vocal on Twitter saying how brilliant rallying and the rally drivers are better than Grand Prix drivers. The rally is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But it was very boring. The most spectacular rally with the fin that used to be the Thousand Lakes with these huge crests where they leap over full throttle. I mean, it's so spectacular watching one car. But then it's all done to the clock. So you don't see any racing. And it's so fast through where you're standing, you, you don't see much action. Then you stand there and you, you see a car for about five seconds. Then you have to wait two minutes for the next one to come along. So you're not sort of constantly excited. And of course, it's hard to televise. And we have these you know, reports each night sometimes. But, you know, and also the safety car, only three manufacturers. We keep on saying only eight cars. And the rally fell apart on day one because we, we lost both the Fords. Uh, Tanak uh, took a bit too much of a cut, which is always a bit of a temptation. He's running, hit, hit a rock in the cut, which pushed the wheel up into the exhaust pipe, I think, or something, and something, and it blew the engine up. Um, and then his French teammate, Pierre Loubet, uh, got a bit wide, took a whole corner off on a tree. Uh, and then the biggest surprise of all was, was um, the championship leaders, you know, this, the Max Verstappen of rallying, this young 22-year-old Cali Ruffenpera, had a big old roll over end over end. So he was out. So we were down to five cars for the whole of sort of Sunday, Saturday, that's Sunday. Great. That's crazy, isn't it? Really and Elfin um, Evans, the good news of Brits was it was Elfin Evans was the one that we'd been following Robin Perry, his teammate, who's, you know, he's put poor old Elfin in, the, in his shade for the last year and a half. Um, but he cruised to a quite an easy win, holding off the, the leading high and dive of uh, Thierry Neuville. So the only, the only excitement for the last two days was a battle for third between uh, Taku Katsuta, the Japanese Toyota man, and um, uh, who was it? Sunin, who's come back into the Heimdan team. He hasn't rallied much, so he's been a bit rusty. So anyway, Katsuta won that by a few seconds. So I think, they are, show... the, I think they are some of the best drivers in the world, uh, without well, any question. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's, it's incredible thing the they do. But... What's going well, to make the sport more enjoyable and, and more popular? I don't know. Because I don't think because when you watch the sort of the, the last stage, they're all as spectacular as each other. So the helicopter front, you know, just having speed through between the trees is terrifying. <laughs> but they're all doing the same thing. So you think, well, nobody stands out visually. So Toyota for their fourth entry, which they often have, put in the team manager, Yari Matty Latvala. Who's you know, former superstar of the world rally? Hasn't rallied for three or four or five. I don't know how many years. Um, and he finished fifth. He picked up his last of the WRC cars, and took about two minutes slower than uh, Katsuta and Sunil in battle. And he said, "Well, why haven't they put a youngster in? You know, put a new name in." I mean, Sunil has come back. He's been in and out of world rallies for four, five, six years. I reckon he's been up there and then dropped. And then you look down to the 
the, the WRC two. So that's the Formula Two. So they, the, so the, the Formula Two uh, winner was sixth overall, and that was Oliver Solberg. Now Oliver Solberg, of course, was a kid that was put in WRC last year. That was kicked out because he yeah. kept on crashing too much. And third in the WRC two was Adrian Formeau, was the other French guy that was in the Ford team for the last two years, but crashed a lot, so they kicked him out. And his fifth overall in WRC two was Andreas Mickelson, who's been in WRC. So the candidates to be the new drivers to come into the top level have all been there before and have been dropped. So I don't quite know who the next, you know, Cali Robin Perra is. Where are they going to find the next kid? And if they don't put them in the spare cars for a weekend when they've got a spare car, they put in their team boss. It confuses me a lot and makes rallying look more worrying to me. Yes. I've had a very worrying podcast this isn't it really <laughs> we should have started with a worrying podcast i'm worried I'm about your finish. clipping on your microphone because you've got a no, very beautiful no, shirt swinging, on swinging well yes, swinging on that very or, uh, very crisp collar that mrs, mrs. nadell's yeah, yeah, beautifully iron beautifully yeah. uh just a couple other races in america the weekend imsa road america i didn't see any of it my favorite road course in the world spectacular four mile on track uh, eight cars the new lmpd catching a new hypercars or they call it lmp1 in america uh eight cars finished on the on the same lap at the end of the race uh, it was won by uh a porsche 963 private matt campbell and felipe nazir from brazil um and two akuras were second and third but it had the largest shows how this sports car is growing we highlighted this on the podcast it had the biggest crowd around road america for imps sports car race since the track opened in 1979 wow. Wow. Now that is impressive. That shows public are getting really drawn to these, you know, Porsches, Acuras, BMWs, Chevrolets. You know, it's it's really is taking off. Wow. And they had about three classes in them. So they have the LMP2s, they have the GTs, about 47 cars going around the track. So you've always got something going in front of your eyes, you're spectating. Uh, and a good British win. Ross Gunn won the GT uh, category, sharing with um, Spaniard Alex Ribera and Aston Martin. So well done, Ross, waving the flag out in America and driving and enjoying being a racing driver. So how, how do you know he's enjoying it? Well, because he won. <laughs> uh, NASCAR, however, NASCAR is only halfway through as we speak. Hopefully the NASCAR race, um, very spectacular. One of my favourite tracks, actually. It's the two mile. Um, yeah, where are they? Got the track. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> One of my favourite tracks. They're in. They're in. Yeah. They're Dover. in. Um, no, not Mississippi, Missouri. Not where. Anyway, it's a great track. <laughs> um, it's, it's almost. It's got a little bit of banking. Two mile oval, and um, about three of the top drivers have crashed, and they're 170 miles an hour calling on with that much banking. They're right on the ragged edge. You know, Michigan both ends of Michigan. <laughs> Uh, Missouri, uh, Michigan, <laughs> and we've already seen in the first. The race is almost up to halfway before the rain stopped play yesterday. We've already seen uh, really top drivers. Kyle Busch was the first to go backwards into the wall, just lost it. Uh, Christopher Bell, who was on pole position, battling, lost it into the wall backwards. Big shunt. Chase Elliott, who's uh, desperate to have a win, he hasn't qualified for the, for the playoffs, which is only three more rounds of points to to try and get into the playoffs. He lost it backwards in the barrier, so. Very, very tricky track. Great racing. Uh, when the rain fell, it was Tyler Reddick leading from Alex Bowman and um, Kyle Larson, the five, lurking in third place. 
So hopefully the trouble that's is with them. That's weird though. That's weird cancelling or postponing or, or having a rain check and then come back the next day. It's They do it in some sports like golf and stuff, but it's... What's weird about that? That's what, what they've always done. If we can't get the race yeah. done, we'll do it tomorrow. So what should? But so in Formula One, for example, they would just declare the race. Uh, oh, I couldn't do that in Formula One. Think of all the jets that are flying. We've got yeah. my private jet booked. I've got to be flying out tomorrow, and all the hotels and all the team. And because the team, I mean, most of the Indica NASCAR people, they're living in their motorhomes at the track, I and mean, they just travel from track to track. They race every weekend. Virtually, so every weekend, yeah. They're Crazy. living on. They're living at the circuit anyway. So we might as well stay over and finish the race on Monday. The shame is where it's old, um, I don't know which channel, used to be a different channel round. They used to catch the Monday racing. But I think Via Play, I haven't seen it scheduled. Whether it's going to be on now, if we go and look at our tellies, I'm not sure. But um, hopefully I'm trying to find that. So, yeah, good stuff. Good. But controversial. So, MotoGP, no crowd. WRC getting a bit dull. What do we do? Yeah, uh, I don't know. But I know what we're going to do now. We're going to do the... Next week, what, next what, week what, first. No, just, okay, go on then. Okay, let's get because that leads in. Yeah. That leads does, in. You're leads right. In. Yeah, wait for it. Wait, right. oh, wait for it. Next weekend, <laughs> IndyCar and NASCAR at Indy, Annapolis. It's on the road course, and on the Saturday is the Indy race. Really good on the Sunday. If you're still so it's not the around. big one. It's not the 500, of course, because no, it's, it's on the road course. The, the yeah. old Formula One track. Okay. They go the other way around. Pit entrance, the other end, and then NASCAR do a road course race on the Sunday. And this is, we're talking down now to this playoffs where the top 16 on points go through a winner. So we would either win here or the next race, which is another road course. Where do they go next? And then there's only one oval, which is the um, crazy oval, what you call it, not Daytona. Talladega, Talladega, maybe. Talladega, um, so that's it. Indy or NASCAR at Indy. And then that's it. In the world of motorsport, all I can find uh, if you're in Britain, you can either go up to Scotland to watch the BTCCs leaping and bouncing over the Knockhill curbs, or you can be down south at Thruxton for the British Superbike race, the place to be. And why is it the place to be, especially this weekend? We're going to be there, Tiff. You and I, on the Sunday anyway. So it's Friday, Anyone Saturday, else going to join us then? Well, there might be a lucky winner. That's a very <laughs> lovely link. Thank you for that, Tiff. So uh, hopefully now I'm going to share my screen uh, share screen. Oh gosh, this isn't going to work. It is going to work, and we're going. Look, so last it. week you left me like a mug on the telly on my own. I didn't know, you? I know. So, so this isn't going to work. If you left me like a mug, what's going to happen then? So we're going to press it. all the numbers, all the entries in here. Then they're on Excel. Yeah. Excel. Excel. We were looking for two winners. Is it just one winner that gets what, two one tickets? pair of tickets? So one one winner gets two tickets. So okay. two, and it's an it's an amazing experience. And, and they both get a passenger ride with me. They come. They both get a passenger ride with you. Lapid? And they both go okay. to the pits, and I'll buy them a hot dog. Okay. And, uh, so and they can talk Good. to lots of the riders and and all that sort of lovely stuff as well. This is right. Pure. It's not going to work, right? Go on, press this. It is going to. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! We've got to build up a little bit of suspense here. So, um, oh. what oh. else can we say about this? It's magnificent prize, thanks to Stuart Higgs, Higgins, yeah. he, uh, sorting this out. Um, and here we go. Are you ready for this? Because it's quite quick, I think. <laughs> and then I'll quickly get my spreadsheet. Here we go. Ooh. I've never seen this done live. <laughs> no, neither have I. What number? This is, is brilliant. I've always wondered how these things work. This Computers. is a random generator. It's really good number, to show. Oh, 40, what do you mean 48, 48 selected? So let me get my 
Instagram, my spreadsheet. Oh, I see. So the number, the name doesn't come up straight away. No, and then I've got forty, and it's not that good. Sarah. Wow. So all we have is Sarah from Twitter. Sarah. Oh, I hope it's a real name because she's got lots of numbers after her. <laughs> I'm sure you've got real, a contact. Sarah, have you got Sarah, a contact? Well, for? Sarah's going to have to send us a DM, or we'll send Sarah a DM. Sarah two seven nine three six, and the number goes on. So we will see. But I'm sure Sarah is very legitimate. Well, we'll, and... we'll tweet her. Can we tweet her Twitter tag and then I'll retweet her Twitter tag? That's exactly yeah. what we'll do. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that right now. So we'll know. Well, um, Sarah. Because we want people to watch this podcast first. <laughs> we need the views. We need the listens. <laughs> so watch this podcast. And then after the podcast, we'll announce Sarah is the winner. And then if well, tonight, a... well, I mean, when it goes out after so about 8 p.m., we'll tweet it. Yes. To repeat and if the Sarah winner. doesn't, for any reason, Accept this wonderful prize, and it is a wonderful prize. Um, then we will, we haven't really done many of these, you can probably tell. Then we'll uh redo the draw tomorrow, sort of okay evening. So, got until tomorrow, 7 p.m., 24 hours. I think that's fair to, to collect this prize because people are going to need to plan their, their travel and, and uh, things like that. So, Sarah, if you are listening, congratulations, and we look forward or to watching. meeting you on Listening or watching. Listening or watching, yes. And thanks to everybody who joined. Thanks for everybody who joined the competition as well. We'll, we'll do more and more uh, of those. Share, let people know, and uh, we'll buy him a decent... Bikers, bikers comment on MotoGP. Rally people comment on rallying. We want more comments. Let's get some debates going. And rally people comment on the biking, and, and bikers comment <laughs> on the rallying. Just get, just get amongst it. Mix it all up. <laughs> thanks very much for listening and watching. Cheers, everyone. Soon. Cheers.